Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. My name is Saray McGee, and I am uh, here as a part of Refuge team here for the last couple of months. I am from way down in San Antonio, Texas. Any Texas fans? Anyone? Didn't think so. It's okay. Um, I thought I'd try. You know, maybe there's always one sometimes. But I am honored to be here. Um, First and foremost, I want to honor your amazing, wonderful pastors. Can we please give it up for them? I love them so much. I love their hearts. I love their ministry. And I love that they have just given me the opportunity to spend this time with you this morning. And um, so a little about, bit about who I am, so I'm not a complete stranger up here just talking to you this morning. Like I said, I'm born and raised in Texas. I, uh, a lot of people who speak sometimes, you know, kind of brag on their kids, so I thought I would brag on mine. Do you guys have that picture that I sent? Oh, there she is. There's my daughter. That's Bella. Yes, that is my daughter. I'm very proud of her. She looks just like me. And uh, I miss her something something fierce, so I thought I'd share that, you know, share who my daughter is. I met Michaela, um, the pastor's daughter here, in Bible school uh, down in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And we had a fast friendship. And Who knew that all of this would come from that friendship there in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but I'm so thankful that it did. I'm so thankful for this family, like I said, this ministry. And um, I came here to Refuge to help uh, work with the Refuge Kids Ministry, actually. Any Refuge Kids volunteers in the house? Anyone? Yeah, they're my people. So I came to work with them and to just empower them, inspire them, and uh, so much has happened. Just a short little recap of since I've been here, and um, I'm so proud of the team that I've been working with. They have been just hardworking and so flexible and so open and willing to just do whatever we needed to do to flip refuge kids and get ready for the growth that I know is about to happen in this church. And uh, just a little testimony that since I have been here, which has been about three months now, we've had 10 salvations in the children's ministry. Can I get an amen? Come on. 10 salvations. We talked about baptism uh, a couple weeks ago, and the children were so excited. I had so many of them after service wanting to come get baptized, and we've been talking about just the basics of worship. And, I mean, it's been a beautiful thing. So God is moving in this church, and I'm so excited Uh, to be a part of it. And, you know, a little shameless plug today, right after service at 12 o'clock, everybody say 12 o'clock. We are having a Refuge Kids Rally. If you have ever even had the smallest thought that maybe you would want to work with children, I think you should come and hang out with us today. We are working to grow our team because, as I said, God is moving not only in here in the big church, but in the little church too. And we need people who are excited about serving those children. And so, you know, shameless plug. If you want to come hang out with us today, it'll only be about an hour long. And we would love for you just to come find out. It doesn't mean that you're signing your life away to serve with us forever. It just means that you're interested, wanting to hear more about it, and we would love for you to be there. So there's my little commercial break for that. So as a church, we have been talking about culture shock. Um, I absolutely love this series um, only because as soon as I heard that we were doing it, I was like, my life right now. Um, Miranda's up here wearing sandals and a cute little spring dress, and I'm in a turtleneck and boots. (laughs) I'm in shock, y'all. I don't know what's going on here, you know. Last week was April 15th, and you guys had a record-breaking snowstorm. Like, 
where am I? You know, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Like, I don't know how to act in this environment, in this culture. So they said we're doing culture shock, and I'm like, hey, sign me up. That is what my life is right now. So the definition of culture shock, I actually shared this in um, uh, young adults, but I thought that it was so uh, prudent to what we're doing here in this, in this series. And it says, the feeling of disorientation experienced by someone who is suddenly subjected to an unfamiliar culture, way of life, or set of attitudes. And um, I just love that because as I shared in young adults, you know, obviously I'm not from here. I think you can look at me, maybe listen to me for a little bit, and I say y'all enough that you know that I'm not from up here. And I just think in the Christian life, I love this series because in the Christian life, people should be able to look at us and see that there's something different about us, you know. They should be able to listen to us talk for a little bit and know, hey, there's something different about them. And that's what I love about this series. And so we're going to jump right in today. We are talking about... Jonah. Everybody say Jonah. And I'm going to be honest with you. When they first told me that my character to talk about was Jonah, I was kind of like, really, Jonah? Like, Jonah? You know, because there's all these great heroes in the Bible. You know, we have Abraham, and then we have Moses, who, you know, parted the Red Sea. And then we have, you know, Elijah, who was carried off in a chariot. And then we have Jonah, you know? (laughs) Jonah. And so I was like, well, Jesus, you know, this is what I've got. You know, I got Jonah so excited. And Jonah is all of four chapters. So, you know, if you're working on your Bible reading, you're not really there yet to where you could read a whole, you know, 20-something chapters, start with Jonah. Jonah's four chapters long. You get, it's an easy read, you know, <laughs> four chapters. So I began to study Jonah, though, and I began to really look at it and see what I would share, what God wanted to share today. And I realized that Jonah was actually the perfect person for me to talk about, only because I look at Jonah's life and I kind of see that in many ways he's like me. And I imagine that in many ways he's also just like you. And so then I started to kind of change my attitude a little bit because I'm like, hey, I can relate with Jonah. I can talk about this guy. We are twinsies in some ways. We're exactly the same. And uh, so what we're talking about today is the fact that Jonah messed up. (laughs) Jonah messed up over and over and over again. Like I said, the book of Jonah is only four chapters long, and that brother messed up, I think, in every single chapter. (laughs) The the book is, like, full of, of him just, like, messing up. But I love that about him because, to me, it's a perfect picture of the fact that Jonah Jonah was 100% human, yet God used him in a way bigger than he could have even imagined. And that's what I love about it because if, if God can use Jonah... God can use each and every one of us. And it's kind of become a cliche saying in the church today, but it's a thousand percent true. And that is that God does not, wait, let me get this right. God does not call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. God does not call us because we're these prestigious, amazing people. God calls us because he says, I want to use you just as you are. And then once you say yes and choose to obey, I'm going to qualify you for exactly what I've called you to do. So that's a little bit of what we're going to be talking about today. But before we jump into that, I want to give you the title of my message, and that is Just Do It. Everybody say, Just Do It. Yes, I unashamedly stole that from Nike, okay? I didn't get creative at all. I just stole it from Nike. Just do it, okay? But we're going to pray really quick and then jump right into it. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time, God. I thank you for the opportunity that we get to jump into your word, God. 
and see what we can learn, see what you have to share with us today, Father. I thank you for your presence that is in this place, Father God. I thank you for this church and the spirit of worship that is cultivated here, God. And I just thank you that we choose to connect to your presence here today, Father. Do what only you can do in our hearts and our minds today, Father, as we study your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. And I told the young adults this, and I'm going to tell you too. I'm from the South. I'm used to you guys talking back to me. So if I say, can I get an amen a lot, I apologize in advance. It's just because I'm used to having a conversation. You know, we're just hanging out. We talk. That's how we're loud in, in the South. You know, we just, we have fun. So there's my disclaimer, okay? So I'm going to give you a little sneak peek into the points that we're going to go over today so that you can be with me as we go through the story. Point number one today is do it unqualified. Everybody say unqualified. Unqualified. Do it afraid. Everybody say afraid. Afraid. And do it unsure. Everybody say unsure. Unsure. But just do it. Everybody say just do it. Just do it. it. So we look at the story of Jonah. Again, it's only chapter 1 through 4. And we're going to jump right in 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 Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. And this is what it says. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of his dad's name. And he said, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction. Look at him already in Jonah verse 2. I mean, I'm telling you what. He goes in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord as if that were possible. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. That's such a hard word for me to say. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Tarshish. So God called Jonah to go to Nineveh, like we see, and immediately in verse 2, he runs in the opposite direction. And scholars actually say that Tarshish was actually 2,500 miles away from where Jonah was currently, while uh, Nineveh was only about 500 miles from where he was currently. So not only did this man just go as far as he possibly could from what God was telling him to do, but he invested in his disobedience. This verse says that he bought a ticket. He bought a ticket to go on board to escape the Lord. So he was invested in this. I just love Jonah already, right? Don't you? I mean, come on. How many times does God call us to do something and we're just like, nope, I'll do whatever it takes to get away from that right there. Even if I have to buy a plane ticket, you know, I'll go. And so we look at the story. Jonah gets, and um, some of this I'm going to kind of paraphrase. You guys are going to get the Saray Ray version of this, of this story so we can get through it, okay? So don't quote me on it. Just read your Bible, okay? So he invested in his disobedience, okay? Then after that, he gets on the ship. He starts sailing. He's down there taking a nap. Big storm hits the ship, and these, uh, the sailors are freaking out. You know, what's going on? They go down, ask Jonah, hey, what's happening? We don't know what's happening. He comes up. He's like, guys, it's my fault. The only way to get rid of this storm is for you guys to throw me over. They think about it a couple times, but then they're like, eh, you know what? Our lives versus yours, you're going to have to go. So they throw him right on over, and as soon as they throw him over, uh, storm stops. They all give their life to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Then we skip down to Jonah chapter 1, verse 17, and it says, Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. Don't you just love that even in our disobedience, the Lord arranged for a way for him to be saved? Mm, Whole nother message. But then it says, And Jonah was inside the whale for three days and three nights. So he's in there. He's praying. It's a beautiful prayer. He repents. He gets his life right. He has his aha moment with God. So then God has the fish throw him up onto the shore, 
which I'm sure was an amazing sight. And then in verse, uh, let's see, chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Everybody say, a second time. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have, I have given you. So the message didn't change. The call didn't change. Asked him to do the same thing, except this time Jonah seized the opportunity and he went to Nineveh. Praise the Lord. Come on, Jonah. So he goes to Nineveh and he preaches the message that God tells him to preach. This is kind of a scary message, you know. He's, God told him to tell him, hey, you're not living right. If you don't get your life right, you're going to die. I mean, that's kind of an intense message to go and have to tell people. But he did it. He obeyed. Then we're going to skip down to Jonah, still in chapter 3, verse 10. And then it says, um, oh, I'm sorry. And I forgot to add that after he said his message, the people repented. It got, the word got to the king. The king was immediately remorseful. They tore their clothes, put on sackcloth. I mean, they just did it all. And they made sure that they repented and that they got right with God, the whole city, the animals, everyone. Everybody got cleansed. So they were good to go. So when God saw what they had done, chapter 3, verse 10, they had put a stop to their evil ways. He changed his mind, and he did not carry out the destruction that he had threatened. We're going to skip down just a little bit to Jonah chapter 4 now, verses 1 through 3. And this is the part that I love so much about Jonah. It says, This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? Isn't Jonah so great? That is why I ran to Tarshish. I knew you were a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. <laughs> He's complaining to God about all these amazing things. And then he says, you are eager to turn, back, to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I mean, look at him. He's pitiful. He just said, just kill me now. I'd rather you just kill me now, Jesus, than even put up with all this. And then he says, I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. I mean. And so then in the story, Jonah complains to Jesus. He has this moment. He goes outside of the city, kind of sets up camp because he's just going to sit there and wait for God to destroy the city. As if God's going to change his mind again and say, okay, I heard your complaint. I'll go ahead and kill them all, you know. So he goes and he sets up camp outside of the city so he can just sit there and watch and wait for God to destroy him. God in his amazing mercy provides a plant to give Jonah some shade and so he's not hot. And uh, so Jonah, of course, is so excited about that. So he's still just there, comfy and cozy, just watching, waiting for God to destroy him. Wakes up the next morning and God caused an ant to, I mean an ant, my gosh, a worm, <laughs> to, to eat the plant. And the plant dies. And so then we find ourselves, uh, well, before I read that verse. So then Jonah, of course, is sad because the plant has died. I mean, he just throws an Oscar award winning uh, adult fit because the plant just died. And then God speaks to him in the very last chapter and verse of the book of Jonah. In chapter 4, verse 10, it says, Then the Lord said, You feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly, but Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals, and shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? And then God kind of drops the mic, and that's where 
the whole book ends. But I love what God said. God just gave Jonah the object lesson of all object lessons because he caused that plant to come and then he caused that plant to go and he exposed where Jonah's heart really was because Jonah threw a fit because he didn't have shade over his head anymore. Yet he was so sad and just complaining about the fact that 120,000 souls were not about to be saved. So we look at this story and, and, um, you know, like I said, we just read through, in a way, the whole entire book of Jonah. And he messed up, you know, quite a bit. And we don't really know in the rest of the story how how Jonah responds to what God said in verse 10. So I want to look at our first point today, do it unqualified. We look at Jonah and in our eyes, it doesn't seem like he was the most qualified or even holy person to do this job, right? I mean, this is kind of a big deal. God is asking him to go and give this message that's going to save not just a few people, but 120,000 people. I mean, that is a lot of people, and God asked Jonah to do it. Jonah is more concerned about a plant dying than the lives of the individuals that he was sent to minister to. So we can look at him and see pretty clearly that that's messed up. You know, we look at him and we're just like, oh, Jonah, that's my reaction anyway. I'm just like, this guy, you know. But I think about my own life then. I turn this whole story inward and I start to look at myself and I think, how many times have I complained about an assignment that God has given me to do? Or how many times have I been so busy just caught up in what's going on with me that I miss an opportunity to reach out to someone or love on someone or share the love of Jesus with them? And I think we can agree that in one way or another, like Jonah, we're all unfit and we're all unqualified. But Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says, for the gifts of God and his call are irrevocable. And that's what I love about Jesus is that even though he knows exactly how unfit and unqualified we are, he still calls us. And once he calls us and gives us those gifts, he says it's irrevocable. Once I give those to you, they're not going anywhere. They're yours. So we may be inadequate, inadequate. We may be unqualified and not fit for the assignments that God gives us. But when he has placed that call in our lives, it will remain. And like Jonah, no matter how far we run, it's going to be there. It's going to stay there. So do it unqualified. Everybody say, do it unqualified. Point number two is do it afraid. Everybody say afraid. Are you guys tired of repeating after me yet? No? Good. Because you're going to keep doing it. So, you know, just have to check in though. Okay, so do it afraid. Many times we see an opportunity, but we don't seize the opportunity. There's a pastor uh, down in uh, Tulsa that I admire so much, and he posted a quote on his Instagram so day that I, someday that I kind of snatched and stole, and this is what it is. It's so good. It says, many see the opportunity, but few seize the opportunity. Start scared and rely on God more than ever. And I love the part that says start scared. Because by choosing to seize the opportunity of the assignment that God's placed in front of us, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're not going to be scared. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden, you know, you can go put on your Superman cape and everything is just going to go perfectly. But I love that he says start scared. Just start there and watch what God will do. Jonah had every single right to be afraid of the task that was in front of him. We can look at him and judge him all we want, but the type of people that God was asking him to go and minister to would be equivalent nowadays to God asking us just to go minister to, you know, just gangsters, drug deal. I mean, the most intimidating, dangerous people that you can imagine was what this group of people in Nineveh was. It was some of the most evil people, if not the most evil people 
on the earth in that day. And God was asking Jonah to walk into that place and tell them, hey, God's going to destroy you, so you might want to get it together. You know, I mean, that's an intimidating message to go and give to these type of people. And in his mind, at that moment, it probably seemed logical to run, right? (laughs) It's like, hey, do I go and go into this group of thugs or do I go the opposite direction? I would probably have gone in the opposite direction too. It seemed logical to him. He had every right to run in the opposite direction. And so it was okay that he was scared. But what was even better was that when when given a second chance, Jonah not only recognized the opportunity, but he seized it. And he took one step at a time toward what God was calling him to do, despite the fact that he was afraid. See, once Jonah got spit up onto the shore, he didn't all of a sudden become this brave person. He was still that scared, insecure person that got in in the belly of the well at the beginning. But what he chose to do was seize the opportunity and say, God, I'm going to trust you. God, even though I'm terrified of what might happen in this situation, I'm going to take one step at a time towards what you're calling me to do. And he was with him. I love God so much because in Deuteronomy 31.6, it says that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And so the beautiful thing about God is that he doesn't just call us to these big, scary tasks and then just leave us there. He says that I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you. He's going to be there with you every single step of the way. So he doesn't send us unequipped. He helps us. He's there for us. One of my all-time favorite scriptures is uh, found in Psalms 139. And it's verses 7 through 10. And it says this, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell in the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. So church, he gives us his grace. He gives us his strength. He says, no matter how far you go, I'm there. I'm with you. So you may be afraid, but you've got to know that greater is he on the inside of you than he that is in this world. And anything that he's calling you to do, he's equipping you to do. Amen? So do it afraid. We're going to do it unqualified. We're going to do it afraid. And last but not least, we're going to do it unsure. Jonah was unsure about what God was trying to accomplish him to do. And the worship team can go ahead and come up. He was unsure, and honestly, he was kind of uninterested in what God was trying to do, right? He didn't even really care (laughs) that God was going to save all of those people at the end of the day. He, He just really didn't care. But what I love is that even being unqualified, being afraid, being unsure of what God really even wanted to do through his life, God used Jonah in a bigger way than he could ever imagine. So what this shows me is that by simply being willing, by simply obeying, God can and will use each and every one of us. You never know who is waiting at the end of your obedience. You never know who is waiting at the end of your yes. Jonah impacted generations of people by his obedience. And that obedience went further than he ever expected. So when you don't feel like ministering to somebody... When those in-laws are just really getting on your nerves. When that coworker that you really don't like is just getting on your nerves. I wonder what would happen if we would just stop and be willing to say yes. Be willing to say yes, even when sometimes we may be uninterested in their results. Those people in Nineveh were not concerned about the fact that Jonah was uninterested. They didn't care about his personal issues. All they cared about was that they were now saved. That they were now set free. That they now had a connection with their father. They didn't care about his personal issues. 
So I encourage you today, church, say yes to Jesus and do it when you feel unqualified. Do it when you feel afraid and do it when you feel unsure or even uninterested because by you choosing to say yes and positioning yourself in an obedient and submissive position, God will use you in a greater way than you can ever imagine. And I'll close with this quote that I read the other day that's so good. And it said, if you think you've blown God's plan for your life, rest in this. You, my beautiful friend, are not that powerful. God's gifts, his calling is irrevocable. You can run as far as you'd like to run, but his gifts are going to stay with you. You are not powerful enough to escape what God's going to do in your life. Amen. Amen. Shock your culture, church. Shock your culture. We're going to pray. Thank you, Father God, for this word, God. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives, Father God. And you, you only, God, know exactly what each and every person here is going through. You know the assignments that you've called to each and every person and the people that you've given in each and every person in their lives, Father God. So I thank you that you strengthen them, God. You encourage them that even when they feel unqualified, even when they're terrified, God, and even when they're unsure of what's really going to happen, you equip them, you qualify them, and your grace. God is sufficient. It is enough to, to help them to shock the culture around them, Father God, to help them to make a difference in the lives of those around them. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, the underlining theme of, of Jonah is he was running from God. And maybe there's people in this auditorium today that are running from God. You know, when we run from God, we might get swallowed up by the circumstances of life. Or you might find yourself in a whale of a mess. But we know that God gives a second chance. And not just a second chance. Some of you are, have gone way past the second chance. But I believe that God wants to meet you here, meet you now. At this point of time, if you've been running from God, he wants to give you an opportunity to turn around, to come to him, to surrender your heart and life to him. I want you to bow your head in this moment. And I want to give you an opportunity, if, if you are not right with God, maybe in that place like Jonah where you were going in, you're going in the opposite direction. And now you've come to a point where I can't keep running from God. And you're ready to turn. You're ready to repent. You're ready to surrender your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Jesus paid the price for you. And as he revealed to Jonah his mercy by saving a wicked city that was destined for judgment, God intervened by sending a messenger with a message of freedom and deliverance. And that message is the gospel of Jesus Christ for us today that we can receive, that we can accept, that God sent his son into this world to die for us and to raise from the dead, to give us new life. He took our sin upon himself so that we could be forgiven, so that we wouldn't have to face eternal destruction and judgment, but that we could be welcomed into God's heaven. With your head bowed this morning, you say, Pastor, I'm ready to give my heart to Jesus. I've been running from God, and I'm ready to surrender here and now. I want you to slip your hand up. Your life is not right with God, and you know it. But you're in a place where I'm going to quit running. It's time to turn to you. Just lift that hand up. Thank you. 
Thank you for your response. Let's stand together. We're going to pray this prayer. And if you raised your hand, or maybe you were a little bit reluctant, but you know this message was just for you, and you know that it's time to turn it over to God, to give your heart to Him, to surrender to Him. I want you to pray this prayer, and I want you to speak it out loud. We're going to all pray together. And if you've already made a commitment to Jesus Christ, this prayer will only reinforce that commitment you've made to Him. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you today to surrender my heart in my life. Forgive me of my sins. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that you died for me on the cross, that you were buried and you were raised to life to give me life, to forgive me of my and be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sins and make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer sincerely, in a moment after we'll have the prayer team up here, you can come forward and we'll pray with you. We have some stuff we want to give to you. And uh, we're going to have the pro team up here. They'll be available for anyone because maybe you're at a point where you're running from the call of God. And, and as Saray shared this morning, the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. In other words, God's not going to change his mind. He didn't change his mind for Jonah. He won't change it for you. He called Jonah to do something very significant. But he felt that he couldn't do it. Unqualified, afraid, and unsure. But yet, he was able, with God's help, to accomplish what God had called him to do. And the same holds true for you. And I believe that God has something so unique and special for each and every one of us. And you need to determine to live your purpose, to fulfill the plan and the purpose of God for your life. Thank you so much for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net.